0: Hi, I'm Mayor John McCormick of the Township of Woodbridge, the best town around, and you're listening to the Jaffe Podcast.
1: New Jersey voters are certainly a demanding bunch. They want everything, and they want somebody else to pay for it. One mayor, a former state treasurer, has figured out the secret sauce. Coming up next in this week's Jaffe Podcast. You're listening to the Jaffe Podcast, brought to you
2: weekly by Jaffe Communications,
1: Today's guest is Mayor John McCormick of Woodbridge. He's been elected four times as the leader of the state's sixth largest municipality. Woodbridge, if you haven't been there, is a group of 10 great communities that highlight everything that New Jersey has to offer. They're the quiet suburbs, the bustling downtowns, the brainy industries, and it all sits at the intersection of two of the busiest highways in the world, the New Jersey Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway. In a highly charged political climate, Mayor McCormick has a thing or two to teach us about unity. His administration is focused on compromise, it's focused on transparency, and it's focusing continually on new ways to serve the people of Woodbridge. Given his jam-packed schedule, we were very lucky to have the opportunity to chat with Mayor McCormick in our podcast studio. We talked about public service, and we talked about ways in which he is working to make Woodbridge a better place, and we even got to talk about the New York Yankees. Mayor, welcome to the Jaffe Podcast.
0: Thanks very much. Glad to be here.
1: Yep. So there's a bunch of bunch of things we want to talk about, and um, one of the things that I, I have to say with um, um, to listeners is that I am from a, I am from Colonia, which is part of Woodbridge. So I've been able to see over the past, I guess, 47 years of life um, how Woodbridge has drastically changed from the uh, Joe Marino era of the early 1980s, correct. going deep back up till today, and also about the many ways that that Woodbridge has changed. Um, If you drive around Woodbridge, you go to Colonia High School, you go to anywhere else, you see all of these beautiful pocket parks and and, and top-of-the-line facilities, and you'll see that Woodbridge has a lot of amenities now um, that it didn't have um, a long time ago, and That can be attributed to uh, Mayor McCormick and the work that he's been able to do. I think that other mayors, when they drive through Woodbridge, the big question they probably have on their minds is, how is uh, Mayor McCormick and the town of Woodbridge able to do all of these things while it's a struggle for any other town to get some basic municipal services accomplished?
0: Well, it's a question I love answering. First of all, um, your parents were great people. I knew them. I didn't know you in Colonia, but Mm -hmm. you had already moved out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they were involved with us in uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of the community activities and political activities, great people. So congratulations for that. You did did a good job raising them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we have a lot going on. Uh, We have been very successful in economic development, and that has provided us the funds that are able to be reinvested in the community. Mm -hmm. So we have taken a very strong interest in the facilities at our schools. Uh, used to be you drive through Colonia High School and looked left to right and you saw the fields and the track and the you know football and baseball fields. They looked like mud balls, mm-hmm. which is pathetic. Right. Uh, same in JFK. Same in Woodbridge. So. We systematically took a lot of the money that we made off economic development and reinvested it in our schools. Even though it's supposed to be paid for by the schools, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. we all represent the same taxpayers. So we put about $35 million into school projects. We've got nine turf fields now for uh, baseball, softball, for soccer, and football at each of our high schools we have three. There's three high schools, three fields in each, so a total of nine. They've all got brand-new tracks. They've all got brand-new tennis courts. Uh, we have a middle school theater. We have cricket fields every uh, grammar school got a playground mm-hmm. every well, most schools got gym floors and bleachers and auditorium seating we're allowed to spend money and, and borrow money and paid off on projects on the school properties that are community oriented mm-hmm. we're not allowed to do that to get a boiler for the school we can't get a roof for the school right. but we're allowed to do we're paid for facilities that have a general community impact and we've done that okay
1: so here's the question is so why is it the municipality that's doing it as opposed to the school district. What makes it different in Woodbridge?
0: Um, we get along with our school board. Uh, I don't think most mayors and superintendents have the kind of relationship we have. I don't think most boards of education and township councils have the relationships we have. We just all get along. We're all in the same team. We all represent the same people. So uh, you, people should judge what we're doing and not worry about who pays for it because it all comes out of the taxpayers one way or another. But in the case of these projects, uh, we've brought in so much economic development, primarily from warehouses and from uh, two very large power plants, uh, that we are able to spend the money because we are the ones making the money. And mm-hmm. I'll explain pilots later when we yeah. talk about them yeah. uh, and, and how we're able to generate that money. But the fact is we do, and we share it with the school board, because it's all, it's all for the same community. It's, it's all about Property values. When you drive through Colonia now and you see brand new fields and mm-hmm. a new track and new tennis courts, you get a better feeling. And when you sell your house, you know, half mile from the school, you get more for it because when people drive by the school, they see these facilities, right? And right. and people will buy property and and move to a municipality based on the schools. And when they see that these schools look great, have great curb appeal, uh, that's what drives them. And people understand in Woodbridge the value uh, of their property, and they see that when it goes up four or five percent, it's you can see it. Right. Fifty bucks a year in taxes, a hundred bucks a year in taxes extra is nothing compared to ten thousand, fifteen thousand in your property value.
1: Right. I mean, I, I live in a town um, where you know we pay um, to, to get our garbage picked up. Um, we have to pay extra for bulk pickup. You know, if you want to put a, a refrigerator out, you pay dearly. You know, for the one time a year that they offer it. Um, you go to town hall and they have half the light bulbs on and half of them off because they want to save money, and we pay. A, a lot in taxes and well
0: we don 't charge for garbage. Um, <laughs> we, we pick up once a year free uh-huh. uh, all you got to do is call up and we 'll pick up one pick up a year free, and we keep all the lights on
1: okay <laughs> well, that's, well that 's nice um, so I, one of the benefits that Woodbridge has though, I would think is that you just have such a huge base of um, that 's not residential you know, that you 've got sections of town. Keysby, I guess Port Reading, Sea Warren—that's more industrial. And so, what that area does is, is able to feed the rest of the town as far as revenue. Exactly,
0: or- and don't forget Metro Park with all the office buildings. Uh, you're right. There's, we have warehouse parks in Avenel. uh We have warehouse parks in Port Reading. Uh, we have PSC and G. We have uh, Prologis. We have. Uh, Amazon has two warehouses. Preferred Mm. Freezer, I mentioned the two giant power plants. Mm. They are all great developments because they produce a lot of money to us with no burden on the taxpayers Mm. because Mm. they don't put kids in school. Uh, I I say all the time we make $3 million a year from a power plant, and the only time we pay attention to them is if somebody locks their keys in their car and we send (laughs) the cop out. Otherwise, we make $3 million a year free and clear. So these are the kind of developments, you know, give me more. I'll take mm-hmm. more of these kind of developments because we get all the money that uh, without the corresponding appropriate mm-hmm. expenses, and we can appropriate it for the good of the community.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the reasons why m- my parents moved to Colonia many years ago was that, you know, you don't see any of that. You know, where we live is a very, just a bedroom community. Right. Um, and... You know, the only way that you know you're part of Woodbridge is that the Woodbridge Police Department, you know, is patrolling the area. But it's like it's a town where people have like a lot of very uh, strong local identity.
0: Right. There's ten towns, sections of town, but it's one community. That's our motto: ten towns, one community, and they all work together. Everyone has their own firehouse, their own Knights of Columbus, their own VFW. Uh, their post own office. schools, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, post offices, yeah. but yet there's one mayor, mm-hmm. there's one superintendent, It's 13,000 students, it's 25 school buildings, it's 26 square miles, all runs together as one functional entity. If we were in Bergen County or Monmouth County, we'd have 10 mayors.
2: Right, right, right.
0: Um, but I think and a that, lot more
1: in property taxes, yes, I'm sure.
0: I, I think that our model works because we have so much... To to spread out, and all the all the stuff you're mentioning is all on the fringe of town. So mm-hmm. the Port Rain developments go right through Carter to the Turnpike. Right. The the Raritan Center developments go right to Exit Ten to get to Two Eighty Seven and to get the Turnpike. So um, you wouldn't even notice all these things if I told people go find the power plant. Right. I'd give 100 people, 99 would come, be lost, and one might know where it is. I mean, right. so it's all on the fringe, and it really doesn't impact us at all, but we get the money from it. That's
1: great. Now, now let's spend a little bit of time, you know, about pilots. And, and I know that you've been um, an, outsp- uh, an, uh, an outspoken proponent of an uh, acronym, payment, <clears throat> and, payment and Low of Taxes. Right. Um, explain to our listeners how they work. Some people um, are quick to demonize them. Um, so let's kind of, like, cut through the myths and kind of focus on the facts of the benefits of pilots.
0: Okay, so a typical tax bill, you would get 60% of it paid over to the Board of Ed, 25% or so to the town, 15% to the county. And those entities get that money, but it's in their overall um, base. Mm -hmm. So if some company comes in and decides to open up, I used the the extreme example of put a skyscraper on Main Street, Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't provide any more money for the school district to spend Mm -hmm. They have a cap on how much they can spend uh, over the last year, 2%, give or take some exceptions. So if their skyscraper came to Main Street and Woodbridge and we suddenly had, you know, millions of dollars of taxes coming in, we can't spend that. The school board can't spend that. All that means is that the base of taxpayers against which your budget is spread is larger because of this great big new taxpayer. So Mm -hmm. everybody else would pay less school taxes or Mm -hmm. less town taxes. Mm -hmm. But and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the argument against pilots is it hurts the school kids and it's mm-hmm. simply pilots simply do not do that. Mm-hmm. Because all we do is we get ninety five percent of the money from a pilot, the county gets five percent. Um so overall there's actually um about the same amount of money coming into the overall municipality because we do give a discount with a mm-hmm. pilot. We want to get those, those warehouses. We want to get those power plants. Right. So we give a discount, and that's why these companies come to us. So when you look at the big picture, the same amount of money comes into the town as a whole um, after accounting for what goes to the county, but we can then allocate that in a better way for the benefit of the taxpayers.
1: I, I, I would argue that it's because of your relationship with the school board. Now I would think yes, in think other that's a lot I, to do with it. yeah I would think in other towns where it's very contentious. You know the perception is is that if, a, if the municipal uh, council is trying to get a pilot, it's basically taking money from the public schools.
0: But it doesn't. But it doesn't okay. because, okay. like I said, it, it impacts the tax rate, but it does not impact the pilot. Does not impact the amount of money the school district can spend. If they spent ten million last year, they can spend ten million two hundred thousand this year, whether or not there's five new warehouses in town. Um, under conventional taxation, they can't spend any more money. They right. get the same amount of money from taxpayers, but everybody pays a little less when you get a conventional taxpayer.
2: Okay.
0: When the pilot comes in, the impact is the same on the taxpayer because we get 95% of it, which is our, our tax base, but we can do things with that, that the school district can't do on their own. And we can, uh, we can, uh, do projects for the schools. Right. People think that pilots hurt school districts. they simply do not. Got they it. change the makeup of who the taxpayers are in the school district, mm-hmm. but they don't give a school district any less money to spend because they still can spend that 10 million, mm-hmm. whether it's spread over 100 taxpayers or 1,000 taxpayers mm-hmm. or one big skyscraper or whatever, mm-hmm. they still have that $10. Mm-hmm. 10 million to spend, and the next year it's 10.2 and then 10.4.
1: Okay so, so say, John, um, a, a project moves into town uh, and you negotiate a pilot. Now, if it wasn't for that pilot money, let's use an athletic field at JFK uh, High School in Island. Beautiful field. If the pilot wasn't there, how would the school district have funded the development of that?
0: They would have had to go out for a referendum, first of all, because Mm -hmm. it's a capital project. They would have had to get people to vote in favor of it. Mm -hmm. And then they would issue bonds, and they would uh, do the field and pay off the bonds through their budget. Mm -hmm. What we do then is we issue the bonds. We do the field. And we pay it off with the money that comes in from that warehouse. Mm -hmm. So the taxpayer never sees really an increase because we get money they don't have yet, and we're doing a, a project that they don't see yet. And when you match that together, they get the benefit without really seeing the tax dollars go to it.
1: Okay. So what if a pilot wasn't negotiated? What if, you know, say ProLogist moves into Woodbridge and it just gets put on the tax rolls?
0: Then nothing happens. The school board gets absolutely no more money mm-hmm. to spend. The township uh, government gets no more money to spend. Everybody else would pay a little less in taxes mm-hmm. because now there's a big taxpayer going into the tax base. So, mm-hmm. you know, the numerator is the amount of money you have to raise. The denominator is the tax base, and the quotient mm-hmm. is your tax rate. So if there is um, a bigger base in the denominator, the quotient goes down. Okay. So everybody get would get the benefit of paying a little bit less taxes. Got it. But when the pilot comes in, it's the same because we get 95% of that pilot money mm-hmm. uh, in the town budget, not the school budget, but the town budget. Mm-hmm. So we still get the same money coming in. And it's still the same impact on the taxpayers. But we have so much more flexibility with spending that money um, because we're, we're the municipal government. We don't have to do a referendum. Um, so we don't need to go to the, get approval for that. We can just do what's sensible and benefit the kids in the schools uh, like they would not be able to do if they didn't have a pilot.
1: Got it. Got it. Okay. Um,
0: for- it's hard to explain, but, uh, but yeah. people think – the bottom line is – Pilots, School districts should not fear pilots because when a pilot comes in, if you handle it, it's benign in terms of its impact um, on the schools. But if you work with the town, you can really get a benefit. So not only are the school districts not hurt, but if you do it like we do and we pick up some of the things that they otherwise would have spent, uh, the students have a real benefit. Mm So we do a turf field. Now, you don't have to mow the turf field. You don't have to line the turf field. You don't have to water or seed the turf field. Mm-hmm. All that maintenance money um, gets saved. If we put a, a field on site, you no longer have to bus people off site. GFK softball used to get bused to practice. So mm-hmm. all the money we spend on the schools and infrastructure means less money in their budget for that. And then they can do curriculum. They can do school security. They can do um, – uh, computers, they can mm-hmm. do technology, and our kids have seen a marked increase in the amount of money spent in the classroom because the board doesn't have to spend the money outside the classroom because we've made that investment and have eliminated those, those expenses.
1: Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, what I'd love to take to jump now is to some uh, state issues. Okay. We're lo- very uh, rare do we get a, a former state treasurer in our podcast studio. Not many of us. <laughs> and, um, you know, right now it's budget time. Uh, you know, the uh, fiscal 2020 budget has to be approved, as you know, more than anybody, by June 30th. And once again, it's um, horse trading down in Trenton. And so I kind of wanted you to give our listeners, this is going to probably be going out, uh, appearing in the, f- in the first week in April um, what is happening in Trenton right now? What, what is happening with the budget? The governor introduced it last month, his version of it. Tell our listeners what, what's happening now.
0: Well, first of all, my sympathies to the treasurer and to the governor and all the mm-hmm. people that have to spend these next couple of months uh, doing all this work. Right. Uh, the state budget is very difficult. Most times, like you do a town budget, you know you have a certain amount of tax revenue co- coming in, give or take what you want to raise or lower. You know you have state aid coming in. The school board knows what the tax levy is and knows what the state aid is. We do budgets now when 95% of our revenues are known and we Mm -hmm. tinker around with little things like court fees and interest income, Mm -hmm. the state budget. So by February of 2019, the treasurer and the governor had to work on a budget for the previous uh, how know how many months, probably several, six or seven months. And in February of 19, they've got to issue a budget that starts July of 19 and ends all the way in June of 2020. So, their big task is how do you project revenues Mm -hmm. for a year that's four months from starting Mm -hmm. when your big revenue period is March, April, and May, which hasn't even happened in the current year yet. So then how do you possibly say what's going to happen in in May, um, uh, April, May, and June of of, uh, 2020 when you don't even know what this year's year. It's very difficult to do all that. So right now what they're doing is, um, in in a way, they're in a holding pattern because April 15th, taxes are due, and then the payments will come in the following three weeks or or so and be processed. So by May 10th or or so, they'll know what the revenues are. That's right now a waiting game. They Mm -hmm. don't know what those numbers are going to be. Could be up, could be down. Uh, If they projected 6% and got 5, that's bad. If they got Mm 7 or 8, that's great. This is a a
1: dumb question, but is this standard? Every state is looking at crystal balls and just guessing? Yes,
0: yes, yes. That's without just death plans. So with the federal government.
1: Is it government or is business do it? Do corporations do it this way as well?
0: No, businesses, it gets more stable. Yeah. Um, you don't have the great uncertainty that, that a government, state government has because the tax revenues are so um, unstable.
1: Yeah, I mean, because say the stock market tanks in November of 2019. There's, you know, all... It would affect the state That's a big
0: deal. That's a big deal because people won't have the capital gains. Um, We rely on, to a large extent, I don't remember the stats, but to a large extent, we rely on high-income taxpayers. Mm -hmm. So that's the dividends. That's the interest income. That's mostly the capital gains. Mm It's the corporate bonuses on Wall Street. Um, We're driven by those taxpayers. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what makes it so difficult because, as you say, a bad year on Wall Street, no bonuses, Um, no capital gains, and then suddenly you're shot, because that's such a big piece of our revenue. Sales tax, to an extent, unpredictable because of the holiday season. Mm -hmm. That's when a lot of the sales tax Mm -hmm. comes in. Corporate taxes are even less predictable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the laws change in the federal government all the time. They just made a whole bunch of changes about foreign income coming to America, repatriation of dividends. It's all complicated, but there's so much uncertainty in what corporations are going to do. So, it's a very difficult time right now because they just don't know their final numbers and they're only three months away from having to finalize it.
1: So right now, you know, the governor, when he came out with his message, which I guess is his, obviously just his wish list. And in that wish list, he had I think $80 million for recreational marijuana revenue um, and a lot of different other like pet projects for the, the bean counters and no offensive, but no, a bean I'm going <laughs> to be
0: myself as a bean counter. That's fine.
1: But, uh, it just, to me, it's, it's like, you've got a governor's wish list. You have a state legislature who's got its own politics and you're somewhere in the middle of this. And somehow, some way by June 30th, you have to actually have the state legislature approve something and the governor sign it.
0: Correct. And- it's a lot of, it's a lot of, um, negotiations. Um, you have to treat the legislature with, the utmost respect because they're the ones that are going to pass the budget. Uh, you work for the governor so you've got to advance the governor's priorities. Uh, if you've got to work with the media, if you've got to work with the various interest groups that have something to say about what's in the budget, you've got to talk to people. You've got to learn everything possible uh, about how the budget impacts them. Mm-hmm. And then you have to assist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ultimately governor's call and legislators' call. Uh, the treasurer is just basically, you know, kind of a mediator. If, if it's somebody right. that they both trust, obviously the Mm -hmm. Governor, trust, the treasurer. But if you've got a good relationship with the legislature and they can talk to you and understand where we come from, Mm -hmm. we try to understand where they come from. And we've always, you know, my four years, we've always gotten through uh, with very amicable budgets and everybody uh, generally got along. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll end this, the same way this year. I mean, it's a lot less contentious, it seems like, mm-hmm. and uh, it has
1: to be a balanced budget.
0: Yes. Oh, it cannot have. It's not like the feds mm-hmm. where you can say I'm going to spend 100 million and bring in 90. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to you want to spend 100. You got to bring in 100.
1: Mm-hmm. So, do you think this is a, a good budget this year? A good. I really haven't paid a
0: whole lot of attention to it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I have so much going on in town. Mm-hmm. You know, I read the I read the politicos and then mm-hmm. all the newspapers, and of course, I read uh, the Jaffe report mm-hmm. um, all the time. Thank You for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not into the weeds anymore. I really yeah. am not involved. Um, I'm not into weeds. I don't know the numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like this year it's a much more um, calmer atmosphere, mm-hmm. and I think they'll get through it mm-hmm. um, quite well.
1: Okay. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about uh, a big event that's happening in Woodbridge um, in the Avenel Performing Arts Center.
0: Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, and it now, opens up in a week. I don't know when you're going to uh, – April, April 10th it opens. April, we'll
1: have this out before April 10th. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. And is, is that also uh, funded by pilot or is that?
0: Uh, No, actually that's funded by a county grant. It's an $8 million project to build a Mm -hmm. theater. We have Mm -hmm. a 200 seat theater with a restaurant bar called curtains, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a, Kind mm-hmm. of catchy name yep, for a theater yep, bar. Yep. Uh, it's an $8 million project. The county gave us a $6 million grant. The developer of the project next to it, which is a 500-unit apartment complex right on the Avenue train station, put in a million, and we put in a million. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a great venue. Um, if you looked at it today, you'd swear it's never going to open up in a week, but mm-hmm. it will. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking so forward to that because mm-hmm. it's going to bring an element of the arts to Woodbridge Township that we, we need. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, we sold this arts uh, – we sold this complex – to the residents, it was an old chemical plant that was torn down. It looked awful, but yet people were used to it, mm-hmm. and and it's strange to say, but some people would have liked to see nothing happen, no changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we pushed ahead. We didn't want to make it an office building. It wasn't conducive to that. It wasn't conducive to a warehouse with trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't conducive to a Costco. It was twenty-five mm-hmm. acres, so we decided it should be residential. Uh, and then we worked with the community and said, look, an arch-themed residential district is going to be a whole lot better for you mm-hmm. than just a basic apartment complex. Right. And because it's on the train, it's a transit village. It doesn't produce a whole lot of school kids. Uh, two, the first 270 apartments opened, there was 20 kids, wow. which is a kid and a half so, per grade. So
1: this is right off the Avenue train you, you can
0: get out of your apartment and, you know, some people could take 100 steps and be on the platform. Wow. It's right there on the train. Wow. All right. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's got, we got acts booked that are just Broadway caliber.
1: Okay, so would you say Avenue Performing Arts Center would be consistent to, to what entertainment you'd get in New Brunswick? Like well, New Count Brunswick's Basie. bigger, and it's certainly
0: uh-huh. um, it's certainly more um, it's certainly better mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the physical facility. But I think we're going to attract the kind of acts that would be attractive to them too. It's mm-hmm. a different venue. We're not competing with them because we're small. Mm-hmm. But when people see the acts that we've booked, they will be impressed, and they will they will come.
1: Excellent, excellent. And it's also interesting. Um, Carteret, I think, is also doing a.
0: They're doing arts a, th- a bigger theater, but they don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they've got off the ground yet. In terms okay. of, I know they got a grant, same grant we got, but I don't know where they stand. Okay. Uh, but that's going to be bigger than us. So we have a niche. We mm-hmm. have a it's small. It's a, just a, in the arts, you know, world. It's a it's a niche theater that's different than everybody else. Yeah, and
1: I think world. it's neat with the residential around it because it creates a certain type of vibe.
0: Oh, you got instant you know. clients, instant yeah. customers. There's yeah. 500 apartments with, you know, probably two people each on average, mm-hmm. that'll use the retail space, come in the bar, restaurant, buy tickets to the theater. Plus, yeah. it's right on the train, so people can get there easy.
1: So the this this complex in in Avenal, is there an affordable housing component to it?
0: Yes, there's 10 percent of the units, 50, are set aside for affordable. Uh, mm-hmm. People with limited means that can uh, afford, that, that can afford cheaper rent
1: right when we 've had other uh, mayors in here, um, a lot of times they talk about affordable housing obligations and how it 's affected their towns, changed the landscape of the town um, they 're not happy about it And well, I' was curious the mayor, to see how you, you, you guys are doing with it.
0: the mayor's the leader, so when the mayor takes that position, the people are going to follow so what I take the position that there 's an obligation. It's been through the courts. We have to do it, and we do it. Mm-hmm. So we have anywhere from 10 to 15% of all of our projects will have an affordable housing component. There's no reason to be afraid of it. Uh, it's not necessary. People think it's Section 8. It's not Section 8. The house next to you could be Section 8. You don't even know it. Right. You have no control over it. Right. Um, so it's people like that just got out of college, our kids. Um, that, that can't afford the, the, the 2500 yep. a month, mm-hmm. so they can afford 1500 a month or right. less even. Um, there's nothing to be afraid of with affordable housing. We right. embrace it, and that as a result, nobody even cares mm-hmm. in Woodbridge about
1: it. Did Woodbridge have to do a catch-up on it? or
0: No, I don't think so. We, there's all the different rounds. And we, you know, it's confusing, but uh, we always, uh, for the last several years, have had components of affordable in everything we've done.
1: Okay. Um, in the few minutes we have left, I wanted to talk to you probably about one of your favorite topics, um, and that is baseball. Absolutely. And uh, I understand you. Mayor McCormick always goes to spring training, goes to the Mets and the Yankees.
0: No, only the Yankees. Oh, only the Yankees. Yeah. So you don't
1: care that the Mets are opening at Citi Field? You don't care about that? Uh,
0: I've been City I went to Citi Field. I don't dislike the Mets. <laughs> I mean, I just love the Yankees. See, Yankee fans can tolerate the Mets. It's no big deal. Met fans just hate the Yankees. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's, it's been, we've been waiting a very long time. Yes, you have. You probably have a lot (laughs) longer to (laughs) wait.
0: Although, right now, our disabled list is probably you have an all star disabled list that could probably beat the Orioles. (laughs) Our team can't beat the Orioles, but our disabled list could.
1: Yeah. So, do you think um, uh, salaries are out of hand, Bryce Harper? No, I
0: don't care what they make. No? Oh, sure, it's out of hand. I mean, they don't deserve it, Um, but it's not, it's the owner's fault. They let it happen. Nobody should make $30 million a year to play a sport, Um, but I don't care if they do. Yeah. As long as they put a product on the field and I can go and, you know, watch a game and, and have fun or watch it on TV with my buddies, uh, you know, I don't care what they make. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, who do you think is going to win it this year? Because, by the way, this is early April, so. Um,
0: well, always I'm rooting for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, although right now they have such a terrible start because of the injuries. Yeah,
2: it's early. Um, it's
0: early. But my, my guy Clint Frazier is up now, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. he sticks with the team. He's my mm-hmm. favorite Yankee right now. Okay. Um, Thurman Munson of all time, favorite mm-hmm. Yankee. But right now, I love Clint Frazier. It's it's tough because we're three and three against two lousy teams. Right. We can't beat the Tigers with two and three. What am I saying? <laughs> we, if we can't beat the Tigers and the Orioles, how are we yeah. going to beat the Red Sox and the Astros? Exactly. Um, but I'm, I'm confident because we have a good young team. I'm so sorry to see Endo hurt. hurt. Um, but what the hell is he doing, you know, so far off third base? He's mm-hmm. not stealing home. Why is he right. so far off that he has to get dive back? That's mm-hmm. just stupid. The coach mm-hmm. there should be fired for letting him go off the base and have to hurt his shoulder getting back. That's just dumb. Yeah. But, you know, we yeah. got to love Judge, love Sanchez, yeah. love Stanton. Torres. Stan, I don't. I mean, he's he's a transplant. He's mm-hmm. not a homegrown Yankee, but mm-hmm. he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the ones that came up to the system. Yeah. I mean, even, even though Gary Sanchez was terrible last year, I still like the guy. Right. Um, and we, you know, Cashman's a great GM. He's made mm-hmm. some phenomenal trades. Uh, you got to give him all the credit in the world. We probably need another pitcher or two, but it's, it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, they're a good team and they're they're likable. Uh, unlike Yankees of the past, there's people that. You just didn't warm up to even though I was a fan of all the Yankees. Right. No one doesn't like Judge. Right. You yeah. know, no one doesn't like Torres. Yeah. These are these are yeah. homegrown guys Not homegrown, but they were traded for, some yeah. of them were traded Aaron,
1: for. Aaron Judge has now the number two highest sold uh jersey.
0: Who's first up, Curry? Harper. Oh, Harper's above Judge. Wow. You know Judge is older than Harper.
2: He's I didn't, older than Machado. Oh, I didn't know he's that. older
0: than both of those guys by oh, wow. by, you know, months. Right. And he's only his third year. Yeah.
1: So did the mayor avoid the question of who's winning the World Series?
0: Yankees, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. I'd love to go back to a World Series.
1: Okay. Um, so it is expensive to go to Yankee Stadium to pay you know, all of these uh, salaries. Uh, you know, it is. For it how, is. Many, how many games do you go to a, a year?
0: Uh, in the teens. Mm-hmm. I got three in Florida. We're going to Trenton in two weeks. We go to Scranton for two games a year. Um, I'm going to actually the last two games of the Rangers home stadium. My daughter lives in Texas. Mm-hmm. So the last two games, last weekend series on September 28th, 29th, 30th is against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I've never been to the park, so we're going down. I'm meeting her there. She's coming from Austin over and I'm flying down. We're going to the last games at that park. And I'll see probably another 10 at Yankee Stadium. Yeah.
1: So you know what is an expensive hobby is being a baseball fan, but a, a lot cheaper hobby is going to the Woodbridge Summer Concert Series. And let's talk about that for a second.
0: They're free uh we started them in 1999 and when i was a town cfo and then somebody brought a band out to a park and it was great and i said we got to do more of this and i met the promoter next thing you know we were doing a concert series monday night do up 10 shows is
1: this all at woodbridge high school Uh, monday night
0: woodbridge high school do up it's at seven o'clock uh 10 shows dupree's inferno's uh who else um cameos uh, happenings, people like that. Tuesday night, my favorite night, 7.30, Woodbridge High School lawn, uh, tribute bands, B Street for the for Bruce, mm-hmm. Best of the Eagles, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, uh, Neil Young, CSN and Y, so, uh, others like that. Wednesday at Parker Press Park by Town Hall, 7.30, very eclectic, one or two man bands, soul, mm-hmm. jazz, uh, you know, different kind of mm-hmm. music that you wouldn't otherwise see. Thursday nights at Tansman Park, on the other side of the track, 7.30 are all our local bands, all mm-hmm. the kind of bands that play our local bar scene. Mm-hmm. We let them all come out and, and show off them, themselves with, to the residents. Uh, and then Sunday Night Country back at Parker Press, 6 mm-hmm. o'clock. Um, so that's a, that's a great series I've had. So this, how, many how
1: many musicians a week? Are, are- uh,
0: we average probably 55 free concerts a year. Wow. But we're known for that, and people love it. And yep. every place I go, I meet people from towns a narrow way, and they tell me they come down to our yeah. shows, which means they're probably going to Woodbridge Center. They're probably buying gas. They're probably getting something to eat at JJ Biddings. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're frequenting the, the places we have to come in to bring the food to the shows. So it's good for our economy, and it's great for our, our, our residents, mm-hmm. and it's great for our reputation mm-hmm. as a concert destination. You
1: know, anecdotally, I have, a, I have a very good friend who lives in Middletown, and he and his wife Tuesday night always drive up to Woodbridge. Good. that's great that's great yeah, he sees all the say shows. Next time. he's like do you know about these concerts in Woodbridge they're free and he comes he has like a, might bring a beer he hangs out in a lawn chair well, We hope and he it's buys a-, a
0: beer from one of our <laughs> one of our stands instead of bringing his own but that's beside the point we don't, we don't search coolers <laughs> okay
1: um, Well mayor McCormick thank you thank you very much for being on our podcast and uh, we look forward to hearing a lot more about what's going on in Woodbridge
0: Thanks this is cool give me a chance to uh, brag about the town that, uh, that we love so much.
1: The Jaffe Podcast is a production of Jaffe Communications, which is solely responsible for its content. Episodes may not be reproduced or rebroadcast without permission. Our executive producer is Jonathan Jaffe. Our editor and production manager is Josh Frank. And our theme song was composed by David Siste. For more episodes, visit jaffecom.com or find us on Facebook
2: at Jaffe Communications. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.